Who I am as a person heavily influences what I write, and I draw from everything I can find, whether it be LDS, Buddhist, Islamic, or atheist. It's all jumbled up there in that head of mine and comes out in different characters who are seeking different things. Brandon Sanderson. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. And what is our crime today? Cultural appropriation. What does that mean? It basically means that you're taking pieces of a minority, usually culture, making it part of your own without understanding and respecting the origin. This has kind of been a hot topic in the last several years when it comes to things like fashion or hairstyles. Dreadlocks were kind of seen as a cultural appropriation. There's that one girl that got branded at for wearing a traditional Chinese-style dress to her prom, even though she wasn't Chinese. People are called out for cultural appropriation for Halloween costumes, especially, dressing up as Native Americans or whatever. Mostly, when cultural appropriation exists, it's inappropriate. They're mocking in some way. It's not a respectful representation of the culture that they are appropriating. And a lot of the times it's mocking the stereotype, which is the problem. Stereotypes are not okay when it comes to cultures. We've talked about stereotyping characters a lot, and I am very pro-stereotyping characters. That does not hold with cultures, especially cultures that actually exist. So if you are going to write a character that is part of a real-world culture, You need to research it by going to that culture. You can't talk to Nazi Germany in the 40s about the Jewish people to find out what the Jewish people were really like. It doesn't work that way. One of the subcultures that I have become a part of in my time is deaf culture. I've spent a fair amount of time with deaf people because I know sign language and they're an interesting culture to exist around. Now, if somebody portrayed somebody as unintelligent because they're signing, I would get really annoyed at that author. Deaf people have their own culture, yes. It's very physical and it's hilarious, for the record. They're very funny people when you get to know them a little bit better. But there's nothing unintelligent about them that is any different than modern American culture where I dwell. Be very careful about writing a character who is of a different race, sexual orientation, or religion from you as the author. So that means I shouldn't have any diversity in my book just to ignore and get past that whole danger in writing crime, right? Nope, 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 nope. Not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) You need to have diverse representation, different cultures, different viewpoints, different people, because that's real life. Even fantasy is somewhat of a reflection of real life. In a lot of ways, more than a lot of the other genres, because you have that freedom to reflect. So I recently finished watching this Netflix series called The Witcher, and probably my favorite character in the series is absurdly racist. He's racist against elves, So it's kind of okay and it's kind of funny because we don't have elves in our world to be offended by that. 
you can still have these characters in your story. But if it's a real life culture, make sure you have somebody who is pro that culture to treat the culture with respect. And oftentimes that's your hero going, dude, not cool. And your antagonist going, well, they're, you know, they're all alike. So have different cultures. And within those cultures, you still need to have diversity. Because again, stereotypes are not cool. Modern and historical based writing is not exempt from this. If you're writing a story that takes place in middle of nowhere on a ranch in Montana, you still need diversity. Because guess what? People of different races live everywhere. People of different religions, sexual orientations live everywhere. So moving on from real world representation, let's go to fantasy appropriation. In fantasy, you should still have cultures. You should still have variety, diversity. And a lot of the time, you're going to take what you know in the real world to influence your writing. As Brandon Sanderson said, he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He uses that in some of his writing. But he also uses what he's learned about the Islamic religion, Buddhism, atheism, to influence his writing. In one of my first fantasy stories that I wrote, I drew from a lot of African cultures and pre-colonial African for a lot of the structures and the types of weaponry, their shields. The difference is taking inspiration and derogatory representation. One of my favorite examples of Brandon Sanderson using inspiration for his writing is in the novella, The Emperor's Soul. His magic system is based on stamps. He served a two-year mission in South Korea. He learned a lot about the culture, and he talked about how emperors, and I think maybe some other rich people, would find pieces of art that they liked and have their stamp put on that piece of art. He used this idea that stamps were a representation of somebody's approval and enjoyment and connection with a piece of art to influence this magic system where you can stamp something to change it. On the other hand, you have the goblins in Harry Potter. Not exactly culturally sensitive, even (laughs) in fantasy writing. So this has been called out online a lot, especially recently. The goblins in Harry Potter seem to be a derogatory representation of stereotypical Jews as considered by Nazi Germany. They're money hoarders. They have long hooked noses. They have weird ideas when it comes to possession of items. Like, that's not okay. It's not okay if you make it obvious that you're making fun of a real culture if you just name it something else. There's a difference between inspiration, taking this interesting concept from history and making it a magic system, and taking this stereotypical idea of a race created by a group of people that tried to murder them all and just slapping a new name on it. Yeah, not okay. Representing religions is a very big thing. We're somewhat open on this podcast. We're both Christian. It's a big part of our lives. And you have to remember it is a big part of a lot of your readers' lives. And it is a very sensitive part of their lives. Yeah. 
Oftentimes, when I see a Christian represented in fiction, they're almost never represented as a good person. And yes, the story I'm writing currently has a Christian as my main villain, but the Christianity is not what makes that person close-minded and a villain. If it is an existing religion, if it's based clearly on an existing religion, be very careful. There are differences within faiths. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also commonly known as Mormons. I have some differing beliefs from Lee. And you have differing beliefs from other Mormons. Yes. Who think that caffeine is a bad idea. Yeah. There is variation within a culture. Not all Catholics are the same. Not all Jewish people are the same. Not all Buddhists are the same. The list goes on and on. Not all atheists are the same. Also, by the way, just because they're an atheist doesn't mean they're a Satanist. Those are not the same thing. And just because they're an atheist in a faith-based world does not automatically make them better or worse than the other characters in the story. Be sensitive. Think about the parts of your life that you would be a minority in, that you hold very dear, and think of what your reaction would be if that were represented poorly in fiction. And if you have any questions where you did your research and you tried to be respectful, but you think maybe you accidentally had a harmful stereotype in there, find a beta reader that you trust to tell you that this part is not okay. See if you can find someone within that culture who understands that culture and the variations within it to tell you whether it's appropriate or not, whether it is inspiration and a good representation or whether it is bad. Yeah, I don't tend to be the person to encourage you to err on the side of caution, but this is one of those things I will encourage you to err on the side of caution. The last thing you want to do is offend a reader. Because if you offend a reader, they're going to tell their friends. They're going to try to make sure that your book never gets picked up again. That's not a good thing. And not just that book, but every book you write ever again. The wonderful thing, though, is that this is a great opportunity to learn. To keep learning more, not just about the world you're writing in, but about the world and people around you. There's nothing better than people watching to help influence your characters. And I think you'll notice we have a lot more in common than we do have that separates us. The human condition is rampant across every story, across every person throughout history. And you know what that's like because you've experienced it too. Those emotions, that hurt, that love, all of those things that you've gone through exist in every other culture as well. So find your story. Find whatever it is that you need to put on the page. Write it. And write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 